The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Hi, this is the bad boy, Joey Janelle, and you're listening to the Going In Raw podcast. Joey Janelle always goes in This is the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes, and you are listening to Going In Raw. Hey everyone, Kenny Omega here. In case you didn't know, we have an awesome kick butt show called Stephen Larson's Going In Raw, and they're going to be supporting AEW every week amongst many other things. Goodbye and smooch. Good night. Bye bang. Hey, friendo, Steve here. And Larson. And welcome back to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you need to be listening to right here at youtube.com forward slash Steven Larson. Hey, Steve, what's on your phone? (laughs) What's that? What's on your phone? What's on my phone? Oh, let me check. Yeah, your phone right here. Let me check what's on my phone. There you go. (laughs) Oh, man. If you're watching us on YouTube, uh, uh, Larson, I'm here at the home office. Because I had to pick up some garbage bags here because I have a bunch of garbage bags here that I need for home. Uh, and also the Internet's better here in theory. Our, yeah. Twitch, our Twitch audience might disagree with that. But Larson, you're coming to us. We decided, look, uh, uh, here, we're, here at Going In Raw, we're, we're real, real journalists. We're not going to let this, uh, this virus uh, deal uh, stop us from traveling. From, and so, Larson, you're now the on-the-ground correspondent. You'll be traveling every single week to a different location Correct. Where Sometimes, are you now? Uh, you're seemingly uh, your StarCast circa uh, 2019. Yeah, I'm at, I'm at our StarCast booth. Uh, yeah, from whatever year you said. That's right. 2018, 2019. I forget what it is. Something like that, yes. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, if you're watching this on YouTube, you know what we're talking about. If you're just listening to us, uh, you're uh, we're experiencing the miracle you're of probably, Zoom technology. Yeah, you're probably really confused. <laughs> That's right. So anyways, I want to say thanks, everybody, for joining us. We have a couple new patrons. I want to give them some shout-outs here. We're not going to be doing... An NXT Hold on, break review. something. I got breaking, breaking, uh, breaking news, Steve. I've moved. <laughs> you got to keep kayfabe, man. You got to keep. Oh, kayfabe. sorry. All right, there you go. Uh, let's see here. What was yesterday? Uh, so let's see here. New patrons: Dwayne Huff, Sylvester Silk, uh, Michael Crosby. All new patrons, thanks so much for your thank support. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We totally appreciate it. And you get all sorts of great content today. The latest episode of Friendo Unified Championship Wrestling, our WWE 2K19 series, where we continue the saga, uh, fun wrestling, W Steve W, and We Book Raw, all yeah. sharing one universe now. Last mm-hmm. week, the UnWO, Adam yeah. Cole, Undisputed uh, World Kyle Order. O'Reilly, uh, and Bobby Fish are the re outsiders. And uh, we've yet to see Roderick Strong, but I'm sure he's not far behind as the UnWO have Un-W-O, debuted. UnWO, and this week we get more of the free one tournament from inside Raw Gate Mutant, a oh, ladder man. match for the women's title, all sorts of great action. Uh, that's coming up later today. Oh, man. Also, uh, Sandra kicking in with the sub also. Thank you. Uh, J. Steve. Uh, N6 with the sub. Thanks so much. Thank you. Uh, he said, I've been watching you guys forever and it's always top notch. I would love to see you guys do something with Funhouse. 
Also, only the peanut butter falcon can beat Lance Archer. Man, that Lance Archer stuff was great last night. That was pretty cool. Uh, and we kept a couple other subs. Uh, PO456, my name is Bryce. Uh, Lucio1986, all subbed. Thank you so much. Uh, and then, oh, oh, and I'm sorry, and Dry Mummer, one, also. Oh, and Kit Kat Katcha, also. Thank subbed. you. Thank you all. I'm trying to read all this stuff. There's, there's too much going on here, man. There's, there's too much lot. going on. Uh, but yeah, let's get into this, man. AEW last night, I thought they did Empty Arena as, as best as, as anybody could possibly expect. Yeah, man. They uh, just in terms of the framing of the ACAM, it was up to the the ramp, mm-hmm, yeah. minimize the amount of arena they actually showed. They had mm-hmm. a handful of wrestlers, both face and heel, sitting on opposite sides of the ring. Uh, it was great. MJF and, and Sean Spears were gambling, drinking wine. So yeah. was behind them taking notes. The 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 thing that struck me the most was exactly that. Now I don't know how long they'll be able to do. And it's funny. They, they definitely, it was very obvious that they're not entirely a hundred percent sure. Uh, seemingly from last night, that blood and guts is going to happen next week yeah. because they have, they made a very, very, uh, uh, they, they made a point of saying on the next dynamite, not next yes. week's dynamite. They, yes. it was very yes. clear. Yes. Um, and, and obviously, Kenny even said in his opening promo that I don't, we don't know if there's going to be an episode next week. We don't know when the next one's going to happen or if there, I yeah. think he very dramatically said, or if there is going to be a next one. Um, obviously, there's going to be another Dynamite. But uh, but obviously, this is an entirely fluid situation. The entire world is a fluid situation right now. Going in Raw is a fluid situation that we're trying to yes. figure out best we can. And so, uh, but I thought that the the, the great thing about a the AW is oddly for reasons that don't have to do with anything uh, with the, the, the virus stuff, they're very well suited already for a situation like this due to their uh, predilection for, uh, uh, for factions. Um, you've got the Nightmare Collective there at ringside. And Wait, it's obvious. Uh, I'm sorry, the Nightmare Family. All at ringside. Uh, sitting there, you got Dustin standing there. You got, uh, you know, you've got the people who already are interacting. They do such a good job weaving their stories and their characters yeah. Yeah. that it makes sense for these people to be where they are. Yeah. AEW comes across both in storyline and, as we know, out of storyline, just from observing this from like a news perspective and watching the company be built. They come off like one big family, whether you're mm-hmm. face or heel or not. They're all building this thing together. So to see them all at ringside, it just makes sense. Yeah. You know, it makes sense for MJF to be sitting there gambling with Sean Spears. And then Tony Schiavone wants to get on that action because, oh, my God, they've let Tony Schiavone, their interviewer, be a character, be part yeah, of I know. it. I know. Um, I know. And I really love and I really hope that they continue to the, the when I saw the announced team of Taz, Excalibur and Jr. Tony on the interview. I hope that's the, that's how it's going to be going forward. Yeah, Taz because, is so good because that's something we've been advocating since Taz yeah. came on. Yeah, Taz is amazing um, on commentary, but they are they are suited to do something like they did last night where the crowd is the crowd is the wrestlers. It just it mm-hmm. just makes sense from everything that's been built on camera. It makes sense 
for them all to be out there rooting for who they're rooting for, booing who they want to boo. Gambling on stuff. And, and AEW has done a pretty good job, and I think this is a continuation of, of that, of making their show feel like a, a living, breathing organism, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you mentioned that so many storylines are interweaving. Uh, constantly through commercial breaks, we get a glimpse of what's going on at other parts of the arena backstage in the parking lot that makes it feel cohesive, not mm-hmm. disjointed segments interrupted by commercial breaks, um, which is far too often the case with WWE's product. Um, their shows just feel more self-contained, more unified, and more organic because of it. Well, and it's just have, an extension of that. They have a very, you know, due to many, many reasons, <laughs> primarily, they are not trying to snap up every wrestler that they possibly mm-hmm. can. Mm-hmm. They have a smaller roster which has, which just gives you a more intimate feel. And I mean, on top of that, dude, like, you know, we, we said that WWE, because seemingly, and this is our speculation, Vince has such a very specific idea of what wrestling needs to be. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not suited for something like this. Mm-hmm. They don't have their wrestlers in positions where it would make sense for them to be ringside. It just, it doesn't. Yeah, and so they are completely taken off guard with when something like this happens and you're faced with an empty arena situation where seemingly the only person who seems like he's having fun is Triple H. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they don't they don't understand how to respond to this. I'm sure that I'm sure that if Vince wasn't around, Triple H and his guys could get together and say, hey, what's the best way we can go about this? But because Vince is there, everything has to run through him. And he's just, oh, no, this doesn't work. This doesn't work. This doesn't work. And so there's no room to breathe creatively is the feeling from a viewer's perspective that I get from their product. With AEW, I have no doubt that these guys are taking it week by week and they look at this and say, okay, this is the situation. Everybody toss in your ideas. How can we make this work to the best of our ability? Now, I wouldn't want to see this going forward every single week for, you know, three years. But Mm -hmm. in the meantime, man, this was really effective for what it was. Yeah, it was really a fun effective. Show. And hopefully they, they, you know, I, I don't know if the the circumstances that might put next week or further episodes of Dynamite in jeopardy. Uh, maybe they're having issues uh, locking down the venue. I don't know. Um, but hopefully we get some more of this in the near future because it was really good. I don't know. So I we haven't really heard in terms of what's going on behind the scenes trying to uh, trying to get things done, but like what would preclude them from making daily place their because the city of Jacksonville shut down all their uh, uh, civic locations. Uh, why, was, just, why wouldn't it have been shut down last for last night? My understanding is they just got permission to run the show last night. I think that's what Meltzer said. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, that makes sense. So it's like, okay, get this done and then you're, and then you're out. And that's that. Yeah. I, I guess probably cause they announced the show uh, in advance. And then, like, um, seemingly, like, like, half hour later, the city said, oh, we're closing down all the public uh, areas. I would love to see next week's episode from Lance Archer's backyard. That'd be pretty cool with the Hardy compound. That would make sense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if any of that can happen. I don't know. Uh, you know, obviously, they don't even know. <clears throat> Probably not next week from the Hardy compound because I don't know if they can get two rings and a steel cage inside his... Uh, his uh, warehouse on his on his property. I mean, blood and guts is a very specific thing that mm-hmm. requires a lot more than just that ring that we saw in Lance Archer's mm-hmm. uh, whatever backwoods uh, juggalo uh, <laughs> scene friendly. There's a, there is, there is a lot going on there. 
<laughs> there was a lot going on there for sure. Um, so anyways, hey man, we're at uh, on this on this doing this live on Twitch. We're at 93 subs. Let's see. Let's we're on road Thank to 100. So we're on road amazing. to 100. We got a couple new ones from uh, Moby WV and Crits Bits. Uh, so thanks so much for the uh, for the subs. Yes, thank but, you so uh, much. Presentation wise, they did great. And then of course, dude, look, they they had no problems just barreling through two huge, Reveals, huge debuts. We got I the. Let's first talk about uh, the former Luke Harper uh, revealed as the exalted one, uh, Brody Lee. Yeah, uh, man, I guess the, the betting gods had Matt Hardy uh, being that guy. Um, even as little as, what, a couple days ago, he tweeted something that the first letter of each word read backwards, exalted. Mm -hmm. uh, that was a swerve, of course. Mm -hmm. um, we t we'll talk about Matt, Matt Hardy more later. Uh, Brody's got, I'm happy that the, basically the first thing they let him do well, the first thing they had him do was talk. Something he didn't get to do a ton of in WWE. They and lo and behold, yeah. he's fantastic. Yeah, he's really good. It he's was really, really good. good. I liked how at his promo, they started with his voice disguised and then slowly but surely, like halfway through, you're like, I know that voice. Yeah. That's Brody Lee. Yeah. And then he says something like, well, I'll reveal myself soon. And then he takes his hood off. So you don't have to wait after all. Mm -hmm. It was great. And then he teleports to the ring. Uh, references both of his promo and what he does in the ring, a bunch of WB stuff. It was really good. Yeah, yeah. He made there was a you know he he had a a brief almost Sister Abigail moment. Yeah, um, yeah. He he teleported to the ring. That was cool. And then uh, he said, "This is probably the most salient, salient line from his promo." He said uh, to Christopher Daniels, "You're not the first old man to not believe in me." Yeah, yeah. But you will be. I'm the shocked last. he didn't. He didn't have a Southern accent. <laughs> I'm not a Southern accent. I'm not. Uh, yeah. So this episode, obviously, was supposed to take place in Rochester, which is where he's from. So mm -hmm. it makes it makes sense that he was, uh, you know, that this is where it happened. This is when it happened, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's great. I think it's it's I'm, I'm really excited to see uh, where it goes from here. I think that, like my only quibble in it, it's a silly quibble. It's just his ring gear seemed a little goofy. The purple trim, which is, I know it's a dark order thing and I'll probably it just, get it seems used a little to bright. it. Right. If it was a bit weathered looking. It, well, it, this is, this is the, dude, that's been the number one because you and I are both aesthetics guys because I think that actually does help with presentation quite a bit. Yeah. Obviously. But like when, when the dark order debuted up until literally last night, uh, their entire presence really could use, use a bit of weathering, of, mm -hmm. uh, wear and tear, um, and uh, and you know he had the black. Uh, he likes the uh, the singlet top, and then yeah, the and he had like some really baggy pants with some kind of goofy. Uh, his like main logo on his leg uh, apparently was actually designed by I don't have it's not on there, but that great Becky Lynch print mm -hmm. that we got from Lauren Moran apparently was designed by her. At least she yeah. hit to that, and that design is killer. Uh, the Dark Order design all in purple on his chest. I could do without that. It's if just he a little just bright, if it was weathered, it'd be it'd be something. Yeah, else. if he just grunged it up a lot, then it'd be a maybe, lot. Maybe maybe the concern with him, and this this is this is maybe not that not not that huge of a concern, but given that all his previous gimmicks at WWE were essentially him being dirty, yeah, uh, maybe he was like, you know what, it'd be nice to wear some clothes that don't look like they've been I pulled out of a dumpster. Yeah, but I'm not sure indie wrestler freshly cut from WWE is going to work either. <laughs> But whatever, it it is what it is. I'm, I'm sure it'll get better. Um, the, the the hood and stuff, the the rope. I thought that looked great. great. That I looked thought great. that looked really cool. Yeah, dude, I keep on looking. Your the 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 virtual background is hilarious. 
like that's pretty on, good compared to i mean unless i do this for my yeah like understanding un- understanding that it's that it's like obviously a picture from two years ago but like i keep on looking at brutus back there and like i it, the kayfabe's live i keep on thinking that you're there <laughs> like my subconscious has a hard time dissociating your you from starcast right now so i'm, I'm excited to if see I, where you're gonna if be i can light time. a little better oh that's obviously sunlight <laughs> yeah I close it down because you look you look like you're there it's great um so uh so yeah anyways let's, let's dive right into this so the show kicked off with cody in the middle of the ring all the lights are down um and he prefaced uh, this you know the that i feel like aew and this one promo has done way more on wb in terms of uh putting their shows in the context of what's going on in the outside world mm-hmm, um, sure because wb has basically tried to ignore it <laughs> for the most part yeah yeah i know whereas you know the, the cody didn't say it explicitly but he, he, you know, there, there, it, it, it didn't take a, a whole lot of leap in logic to understand exactly what he was talking about. So basically oh, what no, he was just, he was, he was, I mean, he got right at it. Just, he did it in his own poetic way. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so he said, I'm going to ask three of the best athletes in the world to put aside the differences and stand together because we all need to stand together. And for many of us, it means standing at a distance, social distancing, six yes. feet, 10 yeah. feet apart. I got to yeah. try to practice that when I'm at the grocery store in a few hours. Good luck um, he says uh, uh, he won't live in fear. Uh, he feels alive. He's just full of energy. Oh, my hands are clipping in and out. Uh, says he knows Matt could hear him. Uh, and next to Tony Khan, Matt is maybe more, uh, more responsible for the creation of AEW than anybody else. So he calls on Matt to bring big brother wisdom mm-hmm. uh, to the proceedings so he can help the elite win blood and guts because Nick's out of action. He's out definitely. Oh, yeah. Well, you get, a, you get put out on a stretcher. Yeah, he gets smashed by a garage door. Uh, (laughs) And then he puts over Hangman Page, says, I thought Page was going to be the first uh, AEW champion. He's not. Jericho is. Page, you need to get over it. You Um, know what, dude? I actually really like that he is inserting maybe a little bit of story that motivates Page's, you know, not newfound, but newfound uh, uh, very public love of alcohol. Mm-hmm. You know, he's sort of equating Paige checking out and just wanting to get drunk with him failing at capturing the AEW title, yeah. which is a really interesting way to go about it. Yeah. Um, and says, tells him, if you don't want to be the other guy in the elite, then don't be. Mm-hmm. Be the guy that uh, pushes us to victory in blood and guts. And then he moves on to Kenny. He says he, he, he refers to their relationship as his most, most unique friendship in all of wrestling. Sometimes they can't stand each other. Uh, they always butt heads but they know they're friends. And he says, right now, uh, I need you. I need the real Kenny Omega. I need the best bout machine. Mm-hmm. So in short, he says, I need the elite to be elite. Matt and Kenny walk to the ring. Kenny speaks first, said they're just friends talking to friends here. Uh, says they haven't always seen eye to eye, but here they are. The world is falling apart. Uh, hell, even AEW could fall apart. We don't know if there's be a dynamite next week. Yeah. Um, uh, but if this is it, he says, I want to go out the way we came in as the elite. And Matt says, Nick is out indefinitely. It's just the three of them. Uh, where's where's Hangman? And so he wanders out to the stage with a drink. Matt looks to him and says, you know, hey, things have been strange between us. I know we're not going to patch things up tonight. Heck, it, not anytime soon. But I'm asking you, as a man, we need to know, will you stand with us? And so he, he raises his drink to him, just turns around and walks off. He, does, he, he, mouths, he, he mouths. He mouths. Yes. Also, I th- I th- did he mouth yes or okay? He said something like, "Yeah, I think. I think it was yeah." 
Yeah. Okay. Um, and so he wanders back. Uh, uh, then Kenny talks to, to the camera and says, all of you in TV land, uh, you may not be here with us, but we could feel your energy. The world goes on. Everyone needs entertainment. So we're going to give you the best show we can. Hit the lights. Hit the pyro. Let's start dynamite. Huge pyro. Big time pyro. A lot of pyro. A lot of pyro. Yeah. And then the show proceeds. Uh, yeah, and first, the first match we get is uh, we we get a uh, we get a, a death, death triangle, triangle video, video package, and then MJF is interviewed by Tony, and uh, Tony's like, "Hey, are you scouting talent tonight?" And MJF is like, "I don't have to scout talent. Why do you think I'm here?" He says, um, he's, I'm uh, it, "He says, are these the kind of hard hitting questions that I I should expect from you, Tony? You're such a uh, you're such a good uh, you're such a great journalist." Yeah, and he says, uh, "I'm not wrestling tonight because I don't have to." He saw the winner's purse for the night and decided to rest his undefeated body. Mm-hmm, yeah. Said it's not worth, essentially it's not worth my, 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 put my body on the line for the, the, the small purse that's on the line tonight. Yeah. He says, I'm sure to the wrestlers in the ring, it's a lot of money, but to me it's not. And then, uh, and then he then says, Sean Spears then, pipes in. Yeah. Yeah. And then he says, he says, Hey Spears, how much you got on this? And then Tony says, wait, are you guys gambling? And incredulously MJF says, what did you just say? What kind of accusation was that? What do you think I am? And then he leans over and says, you want to know this, old man? Yeah, it was great. <laughs> that was really good. This was kind that of was interesting. Uh, so uh, one of my favorite Twitter follows, Rovert, uh, yeah. mentioned, and this is very interesting, because I, I have not watched a whole lot of MLW, but uh, he says, you know, I couldn't put my finger on it, but it feels like he's like, just realize that we're getting more of an MLW MJF than an AEW MJF, and that was kind of interesting to me hmm. that there are uh, evidently distinctions in that in those two approaches to his character. Uh, yeah, as as subtle as they may be. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. Um, so the first match we got was Best Friends versus Lucha Brothers. Uh, Orange Cassidy. Oh, hold on a second. The great what? thing about that bit too was right as the camera was leaving, Tony Schiavone looks down at Spears and says, "Wait, how much you got on it?" Yeah, that was great. Tony that was great. Is, dude, he's gonna, he's the new mean gene. That's he what, totally is. That's so, it's such a brilliant move. Just letting them be characters and part of mm-hmm. it, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. It is. So, Best Friends versus Lucha Brothers. Uh, Orange Cassidy joins commentary. Of course, doesn't say a word. Joins commentary. At one point, yeah. he, he, he nods off. He takes a nap. Yeah. Um, and there's, there's constant shots, especially of the heel group with uh, Spears, MJF. Wardlow in the background with a clipboard taking notes. Mm-hmm. Which popped me. I laughed at that. Yeah. Um, uh, drinking wine. At one point, Sean Spears like he had some uh, uh, some chicken wings. <laughs> yeah. He was eating. Sean Spears just, was great. Yeah. No. He was. He. It was really. It, he was. He was. He was fantastic. I, I. I think that they. They have done such a great job. And I noticed this last night, especially with best friends. How one of the threads is they want to get out because what are they like number four in the rankings or something? Yeah, like they that. were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know they're desperate to climb out of that. Everybody's getting their spotlight, and it takes time. But mm-hmm. Everybody's being built, and this is what I like about Sean Spears, especially last night. They're keeping him around, and so he always feels like something that could happen. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 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 And eventually, he's going to come back around to the spotlight. And he's going to be a threat to yeah. somebody. Yeah, when, and, especially, you know, they got the search for Spears thing when they get mm-hmm. his tag team partner. Uh, I'm anticipating them making a pretty huge deal about that. And part of me hopes that it's not even that he ends up because I, I really like Spears as as a solo guy. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure as a tag team partner or as a tag team, whatever it's going to be, I think he'll be fine. But part of me thinks that, man, 
he kind of just needs a heater as opposed to and and he can establish himself as something separate from MJF and Wardlow. Yeah. But something tells me like just a big man bodyguard would be kind of cool or maybe like a Caljack. Um, maybe that'd be and, pretty great. And it could be a different type of relationship that MJF and Wardlow has. Mm hmm. But the same kind of basic idea. Yeah. Um, I really like to see Sean Spears sort of evolve into his own version of just a top kind of heel guy. Oh, heck yeah, that's, man. That's me. That'd be great. Uh, this match was pretty solid. Uh, we'll cut toward to the end there. There's that weird kind of dive from Trent where he seemed like he was changing direction uh, suddenly and didn't know exactly how to approach it. Yeah. Uh, but takes out Pentagon nonetheless. Uh, Phoenix sleeps over the top rope, take out Trent. Uh, Chuck drops Phoenix with the clothesline and things break down ringside. Like for the entirety of the commercial break, they're just brawling ringside basically mm -hmm. uh, until Lucha Brothers retake control. Uh, Penta goes for a Penta driver on Trent. He escapes that. He follows with a tornado DDT. Chuck and Phoenix in. Uh, he drops Phoenix with the backbreaker. Penta is in. Uh, he, he eats a running knee from tr uh, Chuck. Uh, best friends hit an assisted cutter. They're about to go for the hug. They stop. And bump elbows. Yeah. Instead of hugging. Social distancing. Yeah, man. Pent is in. He super they did hug on the ramp, though. They did. Uh, they set for their finish on the ramp. Orange Cassidy leaves commentary and just, like, stands up. That's enough for Lucha Brothers to stop at the finish. Well, I love uh, the part I love the part of Orange Cassidy. Because he got up a couple times during the match threatening to come down. At one point, he stands on the stage and just goes like this. <laughs> he, like, raises his fist like he's threatening somebody. Um, he's so, so Chuck, good. He is good. Chuck pushes the Lucha Brothers off the stage, and Orange takes him out with a, a, a like a trust fall off the stage. Uh, back in the ring, Chuck hits Penta with a pile driver. Penta kicks out of that. Uh, best friend set up for strong zero. Phoenix breaks up the attempt with super kick, and so you get Chuck and Phoenix brawling on the top rope. Ref is distracted by that. Uh, Pentagon kicks uh, Trent in the front area. Lucha Brothers hit their finish on him for the win. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. 
you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then then afterwards, they had, a, they had an interview up at the top of the ramp where Orange Cassidy was totally giving uh, Tony the shoulder lean. I was very was. happy to see that. So and, Chuck, uh, call, yeah, Chuck calls Death Triangle a bunch of chumps for kicking Trent in his dick. That's a direct <laughs> quote. Yeah. He, Chuck was very happy about that. He tweeted at Gargano, I think, mm-hmm. because he had there was a shot of him working out in the gym during the NXT uh During the tryout, yeah. yeah. The tryout, yeah. And he and, said, hey, uh, John, what's this all about? Well, I don't care. I got to say dick on TV tonight. It was pretty great. So uh, he says, uh, you know, we don't need uh, a, a ring or a ref. Uh, to to take you on uh, Death Triangle. Uh, how about we do a street fight? And then Trent pipes in and says, "Hey, how about we do it in the real street?" Yeah, he says. He said, "How about this? A street fight, but uh, it's in a street or like a parking lot." Yeah, how about this? Death Triangle. Meet us in the parking lot next week. Yeah, <laughs> that's having flashbacks to sitting next to him at Starcalf, man. It was great. I, I don't know. It totally was. That's like literally how he is. Hey guys, uh, do you guys know how to get like a stain, like a coffee stain out of this coffee? material? I just got what kind this of material jacket. is it? I don't know. It's my jacket. <laughs> That's uh, not material. We don't know what that means. I don't some, know what material. Run some that water on it or something. Yeah, right. You got some club soda? Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't guys. know. Okay. After that, we had a fatal four-way match: Penelope Ford versus Riho versus Chris Statlander and Hikaru Shida. This is a really fun match, dude. It was fun. Uh, Hikaru Shida is, is fantastic. Yeah, she's a lot of fun. She's going to be she's really good. Line, probably. Well, after B. Priestley does whatever she's going to do. Yeah, although Shida's like officially number one contender, but regardless. Uh, so I guess Penelope Ford beat Riho in an episode of Dark. Hey, you know, they, so, yeah, you know what they totally do. They can make that a triple threat, have B. Defend, keep Shida yeah. strong, even though she didn't have the belt. Uh, so Ford and Riho immediately go after each other, and then Ford tosses her from the ring. And then Statlander and Sheeta, who we saw last week, I believe, uh, team up. Uh, they start going after Penelope Ford. And then Kip Sabian keeps getting involved, pulls them out of the ring. They lay him out. Penelope goes for a dive, misses that, and the Riho goes to the top, takes everybody out. Uh, later on, Statlander sets up Riho in the corner and says to Sheeta, hey, suplex me onto her like you did week or two prior. She does, but then Sheeta covers Statlander. Statlander kicks out. That was really cool. Uh, Ford and Riho hit a double suplex on Sheeta, so Sheeta rolls out of the ring, and then Ford and Riho look at each other like, all right, let's fight some more. They start throwing hands. Uh, Riho drop kicks Kip because he keeps wanting to get involved, but that allows Penelope to get the advantage. She hits that handspring elbow that she does. Uh, Riho uh, tries to roll her up shortly thereafter, and then uh, uh, Kip holds on to her, and then Riho drops him with the knee. Mm-hmm. And then she um, gets the pin on uh, Penelope Ford after a Shining Wizard. Yeah, yeah. It was really good. It was a really fun match. Really yeah, this paced. next part I really loved. Uh, so Tony interviewed uh, Colt Cabana. He says, you know, currently uh, 2-0 and here in AEW. Uh, Colt puts over the women's division, says uh, Ford, Penelope Ford would be better if she wasn't scheming with her boyfriend. And they're standing like 10 feet away. And yeah. you hear Kip say, hey, wait, what are you talking about? 
So he comes over and he like sort of pushes Colt a little bit and Colt says, oh, okay, yeah, sure. And he pushes him back. He says, oh, you want to fight then? And Kip pushes him back and Colt freaking pie face him. Yeah, it was great. And he's like, Smacks what do you think, dude? He's like, I am a wrestler, you know. <laughs> so Kip, <laughs> Kip goes like, off. I'm a wrestler helps. too, you know. Yeah, Kip goes off, helps Penelope up the stage and, the, and Colt continue, continues his interview. It was really that good. That was hilarious. That was so good. I'm a wrestler too, you know. <laughs> what do you think? I'm not going to do anything? That was good. <laughs> Really uh, next, we got a brief John Moxley interview in the parking lot. Apparently, he's not medically cleared to even enter the building. Still has that fancy car, too. He does. He's all like, what the heck? Uh, he's like, well, I don't want to cause any more trouble because uh, I just go in there and punch a cop. So I'm going to go and I'm going to take a drive and blow off some steam. Yeah. And he says, however, I'll forever be in Inner Circle's blind spot. So whatever blood and guts happen, uh, you can expect me there to, to take it to the Inner Circle. That was good stuff, man. We had some car metaphors in there. Jericho's still salty about the $750,000 car. Yeah, he is. Uh, next, Butcher and the Blade versus Jurassic Express. Of course, there's still some uh, AEW uh, talent sitting ringside. We, not only are the heel contingent, MJF, Spears, Wardlow. Uh, you mentioned uh, QT and Dustin. Also, Joey Janela, SCU. Uh, we're all sitting out there, uh, uh, or at least Daniel's. Uh, Sunny Kiss was out there. Yeah, Sunny Kiss was out there. Yeah, Sunny Kiss was out there. I didn't notice Scorpio Sky. So this was good. No, neither did I. This was good because the first match that MJF and Spears bet on, Spears lost. MJF won. That was a Lucha Brothers match. Yeah. This one went the other way, so we got to see MJF MJF's reaction to losing a bet with Sean Spears. Yeah. <laughs> all these little stories, man. It's so it was good. Great. And that first time that uh, Sean Spears produced his wine glass and MJF poured him some wine, just the commentary I thought was really good, too. They were really relaxed. Commentary was so good. They were really and, good. And fun. They were funny. Um, so uh, about halfway through, uh, Jungle Boy is going for a plancha ringside, butchering the blade, catch him, toss him in the barricade. And he's isolated for like, it felt like 12 minutes. He's isolated forever. At one point, he does hit a clothesline on the blade. Uh, blade intercepts him before he gets to the hot tag. He tosses Jungle Boy from the ring. Uh, the butcher lumps him up ringside some back in the ring blade covers him gets a two count uh, eventually jungle boy does fight off butcher the blade jumps off the top rope but instead of going from the move he jumps over blade gets the tag to luchasaurus luchasaurus clears house he hits blade with dvd uh, butcher breaks up that pin uh, jungle boy is back in there he's sent from the ring uh, butcher and luchasaurus they're scoring off throwing some some uh, haymakers at each other Luchasaurus goes for a choke slam. Blade is in to break that up. Uh, and then uh, Butch and the Blade hit a great looking uh, assisted Uranagi. Jungle Boy is in there to break up that pin. He, however, uh, eats a backbreaker, backbreaker, sorry. Uh, and then Butch and the Blade is up for their finish after MJF tells him to do it. Mm-hmm. He's yelling at him, finish it. <laughs> uh, that's broken up by Jungle Boy. And then Jurassic Express hits their finish to pick up the win. Yeah, good stuff. It was good stuff. The interaction between like everybody sitting ringside was fantastic. It was yeah, so fun was, just hearing yeah. them talk trash. Uh, it was really good. Yeah. After that, we get the Dark Order promo. Uno and Stu Grayson come out. Uh, Uno says, hey, Exalted One is near, uh, and he'll install new life into Dark Order. Uh, he says, tonight the whole Dark Order will see what evil Uno sees because he promised the arrival of the Exalted One, and he never lies. He never breaks a promise because I care about you. Mm-hmm. Daniels, Christopher Daniels walks from his seat, I believe grabs the mic from Brandy, who did ring announcing last night. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, and tells Uno to stop running his mouth. Every chance Uno gets, he grabs a mic and tells lies. 
Uno hasn't made anyone's life better. He lists off Stu Grayson, Alex Reynolds, John Silver. All he's done is waste their time and our time. I kind of disagree with that because now I know who Alex Silver and John Reynolds are. It's the other way around. At uh, least I know their names. Yeah. All, I know the. I know their four names. I haven't, and I know that Silver and Reynolds are the last names. Yeah. And Which I one's the bald one? If what's that? Which one's the bald one? The ball. Hold on a second. What is it? John Silver or John? Yeah. It's John Silver, right? And then yeah. Alex Reynolds. Alex Reynolds. Yeah. Uh, shoot. Is Silver the bald one? Yes. Silver is shiny. Shiny is bald. <laughs> All right. There you go. Uh, and then Daniel says the biggest lie that there is is that there is an exalted one. Daniel says there isn't one. And then he's interrupted by a neutron we haven't seen before. Very eerie. Very mysterious. Oh, yeah. A distorted voice starts to speak and says, I am exalted one. Uh, in a short time, you'll know who I am. And he said, there's new rule in the Dark Order is that they get what they want. And slowly, as he's delivering this long, really good promo, the, the distortion on the voice fades off and the, the speaker's true voice comes through and you're like, oh, sh- sh- snap. That's Brody Lee. It's okay. You can say Oh, shit. shit. That's Brody Lee. Yeah, but here's, so the thing. No, here's the thing, though. So, like, I saw this first with the sound kind of down because I was, like, dicking around or whatever, and I watched it again today. How many times have you actually heard his voice? They never – so I, don't, I I didn't automatically – or I don't think I would have automatically been like, oh, my God, that's Luke Harper. That's Brody Lee. Oh, because the, they, like, let the, they let the Bludgeon Brothers talk a decent amount. Not in his real voice. I know he had his wrestling voice, but as soon as yeah. – and there was that one promo he did backstage, the WB.com one. <laughs> they then talking his real voice. The no, it's like as soon as the as soon as I uh, the 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 distortion on the voice started going off, like that voice sounds really familiar. Mm. Oh, that's pretty. I mean, we know we knew who the contenders were. I knew it wasn't Matt Hardy. Obviously, it wasn't Lance Archer. Yeah, and I know it, for I me it was voice, just a pro- like, for oh, me it was a process weak. of elimination. I just figured, okay, it was probably him. But like just hearing his voice, I don't. I'm I'm. I was kind of surprised. I was like, oh my God, like this is like, it's awesome. They're letting him talk so dang much. But yeah. I, I, I had heard his voice like once with that. Ba- and, and even that was like just very sort of, I mean, that was, that was the, the idea for dude Harper was like, he yeah. was so, he was so relaxed Lebowski and, and relaxed. And this was sort of like, it was like one of the bludgeon brothers things, but it was like in his own voice. So that's what that was. It was kind of cool. It was sort of a thing that I hadn't really heard from him. So, Hmm. <clears throat> Uh, so uh, he just close up of him in like some eerie hallway type thing. He removes his hood. It's Brody Lee. He says, Christopher Daniels, you're unsafe. You will not go unpunished. You're not the first old man to not believe him, but you will be the last. Direct shot at Vince. Mm-hmm. He says, my name is Brody Lee, and I am the exalted one. Lights go down. He teleports to the ring. He's behind Christopher Daniels. He drops him with a huge boot. And it gets him like a Sister Abigail position. Rather than dropping him, Pushes him forward, hits discus clothesline, stands tall. It's great to see him. Yeah, yeah, it is really good. After that, we go ringside. Of course, oh, Lance Archer, Jake Roberts sitting there amongst the heels. Uh-huh. Uh, a couple points, uh, it looked like Jake was about to laugh at some of the the hijinks between uh, Sean Spears and uh, MJF. He looked uh, like legit tickled by their back and forth. Uh, yeah. But uh, he says uh, during this interview, it's like Jake says, I'm so at first uh, Tony asked Lance Archer a question that Jake kind of commandeers the mic, says uh, they're not here to talk, says they threw the gauntlet down at Cody's feet out of respect and they've got nothing in return. They feel disrespected. They don't play games. They came here and told them what they wanted. 
and they feel like they've been spit in the face because T- Cody has just been ignoring them. Um, uh, and he says, uh, we came here for a very specific reason. It wasn't going to be personal, but now it is. They will get Cody's attention somehow, some way. I thought that they, this was probably the, I was not huge on this interview. I thought they should have just ran the video package with maybe the same message with voiceover. Mm-hmm. Because when I saw Jake, when I saw Jake had a look on his face, like pay attention to me, but not in a menacing way. It was like, yeah. we, we checked him last week and he hasn't said anything. It's like what the gist of his interview felt like he's not returning our messages. Yeah. And that to me makes them look a little bit on the weaker side, as opposed to we are this thing that is creeping in the background they just came off as a bit on the desperate side for attention. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess if you'd framed it instead of, uh, uh, oh, you're not returning my messages as if, and then, oh, we're going to, essentially, you're not returning my messages. We're going to keep calling you until we have your attention. Um, I, I, it even doesn't change a tone if you'd be like, oh, you're not returning our messages, huh? Well, we're going to stop calling and do something else. Yeah. You know? I kind of feel like they should have just nixed this interview in the first place because I thought the video pay, I thought it was weird that they had like the interview and the video package. Mm-hmm. I thought they probably should have just done one or the other. And I really, I really, I mean, it was a bit cheesy, of course, but like, I really liked that video package. I thought it was yeah, cool. It was really well done. Um, so then we get that video. So we get a La- uh, Lance Archer video package and it's a sort of pre-film thing there. It's like, it, they're like in sort of a backwoods clearing or maybe like, you yeah, know, a it's farm like somewhere a farm or a ranch or something. Cause there's a house you see off in the distance. Not it's that essentially, far. it's like the tournament of death. How just, they just find seemingly some field yeah. and there's like a, there's like a ring that's set up there with some weird like logo that's like spray painted on it. And yeah. there's like a bunch of really rough looking dudes, indie wrestlers, Sort yeah. of surrounding the ring. Uh, one of them has Juggalo makeup on. Yeah, uh, there's a ring announcer, uh, and I guess the, the the challenge is Lance gets in the ring, and they uh, it's called try or die, yeah. where you take yeah. it to Lance. You try, if you fail, then uh, he dispatches of you out of the ring. Well, he clubs you, and I kind of feel like your name is Murderhawk. <laughs> there should try or die, Murderhawk. Kind of like I kind of feel like they could have gone a bit more extreme. I'm not saying literally have them kill people, but you know maybe a little bit more than just a clubbing blow and then the guy falls down. Well, he choke slam one dude out of the ring. That was neat. Yeah, that was cool. That was cool. well. He and he choke slam one guy onto a car, and that looked yeah, that was really later cool. on. Uh, so uh, Lance is in the ring, just laying out everybody who comes in, and Jake's in a chair watching it all in. He seems very very content. And and in this case, like Jake looked, Jake has a face made for the movies. He really yeah. does. Yeah, he does. He looked great, and they got lots of great close-ups of him. And he knew what emotion to put on his face, uh, uh, which was basically just satisfy satisfaction that his client is murdering these people. Yeah. Um, and then so in the end, it's just you know everybody is a, is is trying to get at Lance Archer, and he's just clubbing them all down. And then it's just him with a pile of bodies surrounding him, mm-hmm. which I thought it was really cool. I thought I really liked this. I thought it yeah. was great. So he leaves the ring, and there's one last dude that runs up and says, "It was I could take you on, asshole." It was AEW's Jack Star, uh, Jack Stars, yeah, Stars, yeah, that's what, yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. And so Lance Archer choke slams him on yeah, the car he hood. Said I could take you on, asshole. Choke slams onto a car hood and repeatedly slams his head into the hood of the car. Yeah. So That's maybe a solid. little bit of murder, murdering right there. There you go. Uh, now it's next dynamite. Whenever that may be, we get Wardlow versus Luchasaurus in a, in a, a lumberjack match. 
They've really done a, done a really good job of building up Jurassic Express this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is a match that I can kind of take seriously, even though I know Wardlow's going to win. Uh, Lucha Brothers versus Best Friends in a parking lot brawl. And then the Blood and Guts match. Of course, Nick is out due to a turtle injury, so they're advertising the Elite down a man, five on four, with the inner circle having the advantage. Uh, speaking of Blood and Guts, our main event, six-man tag match. Winning team gets advantage uh, for the Blood and Gut match. Blood and Guts match. So uh, inner circle comes out first. X to LAX, Jake Hager. They're joined by Sammy. And while uh, uh, Jericho is being introduced to join the commentary team, Sammy grabs a bike, starts singing Judas. It was pretty funny. It yeah, like and Jericho it, was actually enjoying himself. I get the feeling that Jericho didn't know that was going to happen. Yeah, I because got that sense he was too. so he was so tickled by it. He just kept on staring, and then Sammy knew all the lyrics except for that last bit that led up oh, to the chorus, and I he know. just went. Da, 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 da. <laughs> and Jericho cracked up. Oh, I thought that was that was so good. That, that was, was great. so dang good. Uh, Team Elite comes down first. Cody, then Matt, and then uh, hands wash Page. <laughs> yeah. said in his lower third. Kenny joins him as he walks down the ring, and instantly, like Page and Matt, they got beef. They're arguing because Matt and Cody are working well together, tagging each other. And uh, uh, Page is like, "Hey, tag me, and I want to wrestle too." Mm-hmm. Uh, that at one point, Page just comes to the ring, even though he's not the legal man. Boots Ortiz, and then just leaves. Eventually, he does tag himself in. After Matt hits a spear on Santana, uh, Santana turns tables briefly. Uh, Page follows a couple clotheslines, then Cody tags himself in, and that's when things go downhill for the elite. Uh, Inner Circle gets the upper hand. Cody is isolated for a long time. Uh, he eventually hits a crossroads out of nowhere on Ortiz. Uh, Ortiz gets the tag to Hager. Hager intercepts Cody before Cody gets the tag to his corner, tosses Cody in, uh, from the ring, um, and then uh, Santana knocks Page and Matt off the apron. Cody isolate again forever. Uh, Hager goes for a Vader bomb. Cody gets his feet feet up. Then he gets the tag to Page. Santana's in as well. Page is clearing house. Hits a sliding lariat. Goes for the pin. Ortiz breaks that up. But then Ortiz gets out of the ring. He eats a suicide dive from Cody. Uh, and then Cody tosses Ortiz into MJF. Ringside. So then Wardlow comes over and grabs Cody by the throat. Then Arn comes over and hits Wardlow with his clipboard. Didn't didn't Jericho didn't Jericho call it's a uh, Waffle House menu? That's what he, he called, called it. it as well. And then he called it his sketch pad. He said, "I'm offended." He did that. That was funny. <laughs> yeah, Jericho was really funny. Like, the commentary team was cracking up the entire time. They really were. His Waffle House menu. That was, great. That was a good one. Uh, so Matt tags himself in. Uh, Hager pulls out Page. Matt does the Northern Light suplex thing on Santana. Tries to do the same to Hager. Can't get him up. Page is in, helps him get him over. And then Matt and Page have like a little back and forth. And Page is like, all right, I'll help you here. They set up for Indy Taker. Uh, so uh, Page is on the apron about to do the springboard. Hager pulls him off, and that allows Santana to roll up Matt for the win. Yeah. This so, is gonna be this is gonna be really interesting. There's more, but there, there's this is gonna be really interesting because they're still not on the same page, and that was the story of the match. They're mm-hmm. still not on the same page. And I kind of feel like I I do feel that. One of the directives right now, one of the ideas is to make Hangman Page, like yeah. make him. Yeah. And I feel like he's that missing part that he's going to have to come alive and get on the same page, so to speak, mm-hmm. with the others uh, because they can't do it while he is I can't still do it without disgruntled. Him. Yeah. 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 So uh, the inner circle go up to the stage. Jericho has a mic. He drops a promo, says, uh, 
Inner Circle has the advantage. He lists a number of reasons why. Uh, he makes a decree that he is banning all fans from AEW shows until he changes his mind. He says the last thing they need is more pumpkin head dipshits cheering for the elite. <laughs> yeah. They also have a one-man advantage at Blood and Guts. Uh, he says, you want to know why we're going to win? There's no animosity here. We've never stolen someone else's finisher. Uh, you know, we've never been buzzed in public. And I, it, it, it wasn't Sammy did a kind of a, meh. Yeah, he says we've, yeah. We we've never uh, we've never used each other's finishers on each other accidentally. At one point, Hager gets down and starts doing push-ups, and he tells Sammy to get on top of him, and he does yeah. a push-up with him on yeah. top. And then Sammy great. does tries to do the same thing, and Hager just grabs him by the shirt and pulls him up. Pulls him up. It was it's great. those things that are just absolutely great. But he makes a damn good point. The elite are a mess, and the inner circle, for the most part, they don't get they don't there. There's no ego there, seemingly. Yeah. yeah. Beyond, we're all one big you know one big ego. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, then uh, uh, Jericho starts talking about Sammy, uh, gives the mic to him. He starts hitting on Brandy, yeah. uh, and then a drone flies in. Yeah, we all know what this drone Vanguard is. Vanguard one. It's Vanguard one. So Matt Jackson grabs a mic and he says, "Oh, hold on, the elite isn't outnumbered. It's not going to be four of us. I made a phone call to a friend that owed me a favor, and we cut to the to the to the the stands and up on the second deck. Who's there?" Matt but Hardy. Matt Hardy, yeah. broken Matt Hardy. Yes, yeah, he's got his, instead of a white streak, it's a red streak in his hair. Yeah, and, it's and all he's pointing out. out all the inner circle and deleting them. He deletes them all. Um, and uh, the inner circle sold it pretty well as if, oh, crap, it's Matt Hardy. It was yeah. bad. Yeah, uh, yeah, really good stuff. I mean, obviously you want that in front of a crowd that's popping, going crazy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but kudos to them for having the balls to just do it the way they did it. And uh, let the crowd at home pop because I know I did, and you know, I was yeah. uh, Mikey Omega was texting me, and he was popping, yeah. and uh, it was uh, it was it was really cool stuff. It was great, you know. The, it's the, we've seen two different approaches where WB is 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 taking the, the limitations of the empty arena, deciding to change their entire way of doing things. Um, whereas All Elite said, "All right, we know what we are as a company. We tell the stories in our, our the way we do, and we put on really good matches." Uh, people are going to tune into that so long as we stay true to what our philosophy is. And they did it, and it was successful, and I hope the ratings reflect that. Because NXT, which we'll get to in a second, was a complete uh, deviation from what we're used to. And that there's no wrestling on it. Well, No new wrestling, thing. at least. And I'm not – you have a lot of notes here. I am not talking about this stuff. No, I just the, it was it was there were apparent. So I I only saw like the first hour, which was Gargano and Champa, which is really the only the only part you really need to see. And you don't even need to. I'm sorry, you don't need to see it. This this would make for a decent like network pre-show that precedes the kickoff show, I guess. You know, if this was actually filled out with more interview stuff and went a bit more in depth, this would like the interview stuff would make for a decent basis for a, a, a 90 minute documentary about 10 years from now about this particular feud. Yeah. Like a sure. network special. Sure. Like yeah. there's enough there. There's some cool stuff. The stuff from the tryout. We'll just get right into it. Uh, this will take t five, 10 minutes. Because uh, I'm mostly just going to talk about the Chompa Cargano stuff for Weevil. Um, like the tryout stuff was cool seeing that footage. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 Hi, I'm John Gargano. <laughs> yeah. And he had like the worst haircut possible. I know. And it was Tommaso Whitney, I think, is his shoot last name. <laughs> oh, I didn't even hear that one. Yeah. Um, so they say, you know, they had known each other as in the Indies for a while. 
they had the same tryout. They were put in the same group. They had the same tryout match. Uh, they thought it w- went really well, yet they were told no because uh, there's only so many spots available. And, and Gargano, I think, said, well, you know, if you were six foot nine, we'd be a different conversation, but you're not, so there. Um, and they, they both talk about the Cruiserweight Classic match being a bit of a turning point, even though I believe they were wrestling in NXT before that. I thought the Cruiserweight Classic was well after they were already teaming together. At least they were having matches in NXT. Yeah, I don't think they were. They were definitely weren't DIY, but I believe they were like doing spot duty. You know, like contract dates. Um, uh, but not. But the, they did not. I don't believe they got signed full time until 2016. I think maybe it's 2017. Um, anyways, to talk about the birth of DIY, Lost Revival, we know all this. I guess the the in terms of it relates to the, the story in terms of the turn it took now is Johnny explains hugging Tommaso after winning the title. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. He says Tommaso comes out there. Uh, okay, no, he... wait a second. Wait a second. Uh, so September 9th. They successfully advanced in the first round of the Dusty Tag Team Classic. So September tw- September second, twenty fifteen, is when they were announced as part of the Dusty Classic. And when is on when April second, uh, twenty sixteen? It was confirmed that Champa had signed with WWE earlier in the week. Uh, so they were defeated October twenty eighth of twenty fifteen by American Alpha. Uh, on April 13th, 2016, Champion Gargano defeated the VOD villains. Uh, they had, uh, it was reported then July 21st that Gargano had, was signing a oh, full-time yeah. NXT deal. But then in June, they did the Cruiserweight Classic. So they had been yeah. teaming since September. And they, they were both already signed to the company. Yeah. Yeah, they kind of they kind of kayfabe that whole stuff. Yeah, they totally um, did. Because I remember that being such a such an element like mm-hmm. I had seen them together and then to see them fight each other and then sit down next to each other in the ring and have that moment. That yeah, was there so was, powerful because, because they had already been teaming. Exactly. There was, there was background to that. So Johnny says he hugged Ciampa when he won the title because he looked over, saw his best friend, saw that guy again. And he was like, what is he going to do to me? He's got a broken neck. So I'll give him a hug and Ciampa on the hug. Uh, after Johnny won, said it felt right to put, uh, after he saw that Johnny won the title, it just felt right to put it all behind us. So it was like Champa, he went out there. That was his gesture to say, hey, water on the bridge, let's move on. And Johnny, I guess, Johnny whole thing as far as Champa uh, since getting hurt to turning on him essentially was uh, I got swept up in the moment. 
mm-hmm. was pretty much what it was. Because that's what he says, talking about uh, reforming DIY, because that's what the people wanted. He wanted to believe his best friend was back. He got swept up in the moment. And then uh, it wasn't until he, he came out there to help him at Portland, uh, grabbed the title for him, he looked at his eye and saw the same look he saw in Chicago. Mm-hmm. He says, uh, Champa, he is, he always will be a snake, a liar, one who can't be trusted. Yeah. Um, and I guess it was that moment where, you know, he says he claims that he, he came out there in Portland to help him, looked at him. It's like, no, nah, this man hasn't changed. Um, and Champa's like, well, uh, you know, this has gone beyond personal now. This is business. This is about who's face of the company at this point. Yeah. And that was pretty much it. Like yeah. I said, in 10 years, there's some good interview stuff there that could be used for a decent documentary. But uh, yeah, it, no, look, it could have gone more in depth, look, I felt like. Uh, prior to Revolution, AEW ran this great like documentary mm-hmm. showing what was going on at Revolution. Countdown 2 or whatever it was called, right? I have no idea. When, to, when is TakeOver going to happen? I don't know. Nobody knows. Know. So why the hell are we even seeing this? I know. That's what I felt about all this, too, is... is they're not building to anything concrete. They're like not a, advertising well, anything. Like, did they even announce on the show that they haven't announced on the sh- They haven't announced anything beyond. So we know, like, from WWE that TakeOver has been. Takeover canceled. Have they used the word canceled? I don't know if they use the word canceled, but it's not happening as scheduled. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. I, I think they've said that. I think yeah. it's not happening as scheduled. What? When is it going to... Like, why are we watching this? Why, why are we doing this? And I understand... I look, here's the thing. I to, I totally understand that it's it's strange times right now. I get that. I It's... it's Everything's weird, and they're doing what they can. Um, but, like... And I don't know. I don't know, like... I have no idea right, what's going to happen next week. So this is WB's statement on TakeOver in the Hall of Fame. This WB Hall of Fame ceremony and NXT TakeOver will not take place as previously scheduled. We will share further details as they become available. Okay, okay. So, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, I knew you were right with the as scheduled stuff. Um, And I understand they want to keep this in our minds because it's an ever-evolving situation and they want to keep on building it. And we're probably, honestly, this is probably what Raw and SmackDown are going to look like. Mm-hmm. They're probably going to have lengthy you know uh interview segments or whatever yeah to build to mania um i can't remember who suggested this but I, somewhere on twitter that uh given the story referring uh or bray referring to his previous match against cena at mania won't be surprised to see that on smackdown at some point between now and wrestlemania that that's whole a good match. point that's a good point yeah okay I, I, my apologies for not I sh- these things I read on Twitter, I'm like, oh, that's a good point. I should like screen grab or something. So I remember, no, like, we're both following credit. a ton of wrestling stuff on Twitter. So that, yeah, that, that's um. So yeah. Anyways, let, let's see if there's any questions here. Well, I mean, there's two other. I'll just br- mention what else was on there. There's a Finn Balor video package, which explained why he would come back to NXT. Essentially, he was best wrestler in the world 2015 when he signed there. He got away from being best wrestler in the world in the main roster. The only place he could prove he was best wrestler in the world was NXT. That's essentially, it. Yeah, and there's a Rhea Ripley one that was good. All these were really well produced, um, and it didn't really feel like it added a ton. No, it's not new content. It's not new stuff. And I think, and it's like AEW showed that you can look, man. You can. We all know what's going on. You can build stories and not bore the shit out of us. You can. It's possible. It's totally possible. 
uh, here in chat, Cody Miles has a link breaking breaking news. Oh, that was just, that uh, was WB backstage. They're repl- they're they're having a watch along. Yeah, with Paige uh, Renee Young. Paige Renee. They're gonna have Emma versus Paige and uh, something else. And then Mania Thirty Two, the Flair, uh, Sasha Becky match. Uh, Black Shadow says, I feel like it was more of a highlight of the rivalry for all, including the people who may have not seen NXT, bef- NXT before it came to cable television. That's a decent point. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. I just wasn't, I don't know. I was like, I don't know. Brian Luckman with the huge debut of Brody Lee and Matt Hardy. Do you see them putting a back burner on debuts for a little bit? I don't know if there's anybody else to debut. I think that yeah, I don't know either. If, if they find... I think the next big one is probably going to be the revival. There's a revival, and then potentially Brian Cage. When is he going to get? Do we know Whenever when he's scheduled he is, to get better? Uh, I don't know. Is biceps tear, so that could take a while. You know what they should do with uh, him? They should recreate the original Wardlow video package. Mm-hmm. Brian Cage in a dimly lit parking lot. Oh, with his wife, with uh, Melissa uh, Santos. Yeah, and then they just beat up a bunch of people. That'd be great. But shoot it cool. like really uh, Lucha Underground style. <laughs> no, I I want a shot for shot recreation of Wardlow's original video package. Oh, okay, that's what I want to see. Fine, Thayer Thabata. Now that Matt Hardy isn't the exalted one, will he instead feud with him and be the one to take him down? Well, not for right now because he's in a thing with the Inner Circle. But maybe I could see that. And then Brody Lee is going to be feuding with Christopher Daniels. Yeah, easy first win for the exalted. I know. Cody Miles, what are the odds of the next dynamite isn't next week? Don't know. No idea. Although I wouldn't be surprised if there is one next week, if the the following week it's not from the Hardy compound. He's got a ring. There's room. They've shot stuff there before. The capability is there to do at least a show from the Hardy compound. I would not be surprised at some point uh within the next 2 months there's an episode from the Hardy compound. It all depends. I think it just depends on like permits and municipalities and. No, obviously, and, obviously, you know. But yeah, that'd be great. That'd be awesome. If they're having a hard time coming by a regular venue, uh, there's potentially one right there for him, assuming uh, Matt and his family are willing to to, to host. Yeah, yeah. Um, Heath Thompson, do you think Brody Lee coming in as the exalted one sets a ceiling for him in AEW? The Dark Order thing really hasn't gotten over that great. I think they have kind of uh, corrected course a bit recently, and I think having him have have such a, a fairly high-profile debut, even though the storyline may not be terribly hot, I think he would have to add some heat to it. Um, and just have it the way he debuted. One thing the Dark Order's already are always kind of lacked is legitimacy, and uh, he just comes off as pretty dang legit. Yeah, I don't think, look, I don't know how else, I I like, I I prefer Lance Archer with Jake, that makes more sense to me. Yeah. Um, Brody Lee, like, how else would you debut him, just as a guy? Um, I think this works, I think that it gives him the opportunity to have a very high ceiling if people start coming around to the Dark Order quite a bit if the people start viewing them as a threat, which I think, mm-hmm. like you said, the legitimacy gives that option. I think, I think it's, it's up to them to book it properly. And they've done a yeah. really good job at doing that, um, yeah. that I could see him as turning the dark order into a real threat, into a real thing. Look, they've mm-hmm. had no problem trying to get the dark order to be a real threat. Uh, and I think this might be the last piece 
although it should have been like the first piece. Um, so yeah, no, I could I could see him being a, a pretty big deal. Um, it just depends on on if they're able to book it properly. Yeah, uh, Rick Coe. I thought AEW last night is about as good as a no fan show as I could possibly imagine. But do you guys like that they de- debuted two huge superstars and nobody in the arena? Do you think it still had the effect it needed? Thanks, Fred. Yeah, I think it works fine because I mean Kenny, right at the beginning, uh, pretty much said, "Hey, we're playing to you, TV crowd." Yeah. Um, and so I think the the way the the debuts were handled, um, you know, as soon as I heard Brody Lee talk, I was like, "Oh, s- snap! That's Brody!" I got excited. Yeah. When Vanguard One came flying down. That was awesome. You can't stop everything because we have no idea how long this is going to last. Mm-hmm. Everybody. So like, yeah, is it, of course it's not ideal, but it's, uh, I don't think that, uh, I don't think it was a big problem. Oh, one thing from the end of the NXT thing I'll mention is they were, they, they, you know, made reference to mania being different this year. And Triple H just said, yeah, I know what's coming and it's going to be pretty special. So you're going to want to tune in again. Yeah. I man. Oh, uh, it was, uh, Alex McCarthy said on Twitter, um, expect one last big piece of news from WWE yeah. regarding Mania. Yeah, I saw that too. Um, Tom Brady, co-host. Uh, ah, there you go. Uh, uh, I don't know. They bring in, uh, you know, Steven Spielberg to direct WrestleMania this year. There you go. Quentin Tarantino directs WrestleMania. Todd Phillips directs WrestleMania. <laughs> Uh, Andrew Bates, how is AEW able to make a crowdless show work so well? Nothing felt awkward. The promos uh, were directed into the camera instead of a non-existent audience. That was a, a huge thing. There was only that one promo to begin the show, like mm-hmm. in-ring promo. Mm-hmm. That was directed towards a crowd. It's, uh, it's, I, I mentioned this at the head of the show. I just think that they already have some advantages for something like this um, inherent in the way they've structured things. And I think by and large, they don't do a whole lot of, hey, the wrestler come to the ring and drop a promo. They don't do that a ton anyways. Mm -hmm. You know, they rely seemingly more on interviews as opposed to just promos. Um, Anyways, Andrew continues, hell, Lance Archer said more with his eyes than any of the promos on Raw so far. If this is the new normal for a few months, I think AEW has unlocked the formula into making it work. You know who Lance Archer looks like to me? Hmm. John Grease. Uncle uh, from Napoleon Dynamite. Uncle uh, Uncle yeah. Rico, is that his name? Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Um, it's a credit to their creative that we don't get pops for Brody Lee and Matt Hardy, and I'm still marking out AEW is just pure fun. This still felt like AEW to me. Yeah, it's like they just said, we're going to do what we do. We'll make some adjustments to accommodate for a lack of a crowd in terms there's of production, also, in terms of having the wrestlers ringside, and it still worked. There's also the element with AEW, for the people who have, who have bought into it and, and are really into it, or at least have an open mind that like the goodwill they've established with their fan base gives them the benefit of the doubt. We want them to succeed mm-hmm. as opposed to WWE. And I, I do not want WWE to fail at all, but <laughs> you, you know, you, you look at WWE and like, you've got all this money, you've got all this talent. Shouldn't you be able to figure it out? Um, and so we do, we expect something from them. We expect, Hey, you know, like figure it out. And it's comical that they don't. Yeah. With no. AEW, the, for the people who are rooting for them, we're rooting for them. You know, it's like mm-hmm. you. We know you're trying. We know that you're in a bad situation. I'm. I want this to work. And so yeah. you're you're giving you're you're opening your heart to it. I guess in a, in a cheesy way to put it. With WWE, it's like I I was there on SmackDown. I was like, dude, 
I, I'm so happy that Triple H is really making this fun. I'm rooting for that. And then they open up Raw, and it's three guys standing there, like, acting I'm, like it's an acting like it's a normal episode of Raw, or acting kind of, but also acting a bit like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, this is where this is a moratorium or something, or not a moratorium, but like a, 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 a like a funeral, you yeah. know? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Thomas Dunnigan with Chris Jericho kayfabe banning audiences for future Dynamite episodes should they continue it even after mass gatherings are allowed again maybe build up a Cody versus Jericho match in which Cody wins to change Jericho's ban no that's if if there's no way they're going to do that uh, if uh, you know larger events are, are allowed again because that's you're losing money no, oh, wait, what was the good? Yeah, I was going to suggest, yeah, Jericho trying to kayfabe the fans not being there is kind of silly because, yeah. like, Cody just opened the show acknowledging this is weird. We know what's going on. Yeah. That was kind of silly. Uh, James Fletcher, how can WWE get it so wrong that AEW make it one of their best with the wrestlers as fans and MJF gambling with Sean Spears was amazing. That was great. They just, they just, they, I mean, the, the one thing AEW had in common with that first SmackDown is that it was fun. They're mm -hmm. letting the performers have fun. Mm -hmm. And that translates whether there's zero fans or 10,000. If people are having fun, people are going to get into it. Yeah, but uh, I, I mean, we've talked endlessly about I, I just think that they're, you know, they're just more. No, there's there's reasons like why. Yeah. But that's 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 the, the, the one thing that that connects the two is that they were just allowing the, the performers to have fun. Uh, Mondo, that's something AEW does on a regular basis, so is let the performers have fun. Uh, Mondo Volgare, uh, Brody Lee's first promo to AEW was pretty damn good including the obvious dig at Vince, which begs the question, had Vince got him, gotten over him not be able to do a Southern accent, what would Luke Harper's ceiling have been at WWE as a singles wrestler? He was in the Intercontinental title picture for a while. It's um, so difficult to say. Like, we talked about this the other day, I think, on Matt Chad. I don't know. It's hard to see. It's hard to understand what somebody's ceiling... Okay, so this is a great example. Go back and watch when they debuted Steve Austin as the ringmaster in WWE. You do not see world champion. You do not see biggest draw of all time. You can't see it until you see it. You know what I mean? You can't mm -hmm. know what it's going to be until you see it. I think that like from the wrestling we've seen, I think the face that he has, I think he has a very camera-ready face. He's yeah. got the charisma... I think his ceiling could have been pretty damn high, but it's really difficult because he was always henchman mid-card, you know? And I think that's the issue in, in the current environment, WB, is when they kind of uh, have a role for you, it's really hard to get yourself out of that role. You are stuck. You're stuck. Yeah. And that I don't think that was necessarily the case back in, you know, when Stone Cold debuted as a ringmaster. If you were to, you know, if, if you were in a position where you could show off what you could do and uh, were frustrated and express that to Vince, it seemed like there was, okay, we could change things for you. Now it just seems like, oh, you're frustrated? Just read what's on the paper. You know, that's what he told uh, Ambrose. Mm -hmm. Just read the promos as they're written. Yeah. Uh, Cody Imposter. Miles. Oh, go ahead. I'll just go with Cody here. How cool is it that uh, Chuck T was the first person to be on NXT and AEW on the same night? That's good. Wasn't cool. there wasn't there the first NXT the first episode of NXT on USA? Maybe it was. Maybe it was the first head to head. I thought they did like a retrospective where they flashed an image of somebody from AEW. Oh, maybe. Uh Sonny Chan, it's now Steven Larson's turn to challenge Lance Archer. What would be your strategy to defeat the murder hawk? Oh, let's hear it, dude. What's your strategy? Oh, you go for the front area. Yeah, you kick him in the dick. 
and then you, you try to take out a knee, and mm-hmm. then uh, the day is yours. Mm-hmm. You don't think he'd he'd get the club on you in advance? The clubbing blow. He seemed to be dole, doling out a lot of clubbing blows. Um, he's really tall, and I'm of average height. So sure. he take a knee, do a low blow this way. Mm-hmm. You might, you know, by the time he's doing that swing, I don't know. I think you'll you'll be okay. Look, I would I would show up with uh, that cool knife that that military guy gave us. I still have it. <laughs> it's next to my bed. That's my that's my uh, your, my, cell, your defense, huh? your defense system, or your alarm is, system, yeah. security system. Oh, it's my melee weapon. There uh, you go. So I would enter with that knife, and I'd say, "Listen, this dude is called Murder Hawk. This match is called what was it? Something or die? Try or die? Try or die? I'm gonna try. He's gonna die. I got my, my knife. I would use the knife." There you go. I'd low uh, blow with the knife. I'd oh stab man. his dick. Wow. Wow. Bookster64, do you think the wrestlers get a say in their nameplate information, seeing Brandy saying that she wasn't going to ring announce again while she was ring announcing Orange Cassidy's with whatever, and seeing Adam Handwash Page stating that he's been social distancing himself since November had me dying with laughter. What other fun information uh, could other wrestlers have? I to- They totally do. Totally. 100% they do. Totally. It's fun. It feels like everybody in the company is invested because they are invested. You know, you don't you don't get the sense that anybody in AEW is, is checked out or it's going to happen anytime soon because it feels like everybody's invested in the company. <laughs> cool company. Adam Page week after week has some of the best the the best uh, lower thirds. Though. His stuff's always great. Yeah, it is. Uh, Adam Darwin, uh, do you think that after Mania WWE should show old episodes of Raw from the Attitude Era chronologically? <laughs> Instead of new stuff, might keep interest in WWE and bring back some lapsed fans. I mean, I, I don't know what they're going to do. Um, it, it's it's really hard to tell what they're going to do after Mania. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of so like for, this is uh, we'll probably talk about this a little bit in news brief. But uh, the MGM is looking to open up. They've been telling their employees they're going to open up mid May, or they're mm-hmm. hoping to, mm-hmm. um, which means double or nothing. Uh, I think. Theoretically, yeah. is possible. I think there's a lot of un. That's two months away. There's a lot of unknowns. Um, yes, coming up in the near future. Yes, so it's literally impossible to tell what's going to happen. Yeah, uh, Timothy Lemieux. Why is Matt in the blood and guts match? Maybe it's just me. John Moxley would make some more sense. Uh, also, Timothy can't stand the broken gimmick. Uh, I mean, as Matt put it, uh, Hardy, Matt Hardy owned Matt Jackson a favor. Uh, because the Jackson brothers helped uh, uh, Matt Hardy rid himself of Zenith. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, as such, Matt Hardy uh, uh, is indebted to the Jackson brothers. Uh, Matt called in this particular favor, um, and that is why. Uh, I, Mox does make sense. Uh, don't be surprised if Mox gets involved in some capacity. It is uh, it, There might be two cages surrounding the ring. Mox will find a way. Uh, he's going to get involved. Uh Essentially, we've not seen Mox uh, uh, interact with the elite beyond his feud with Kenny. Uh, there's no alliance there, no potential for an alliance there whatsoever, other than just a, 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 a marriage of convenience. Whereas Matt, we've seen it play out on Free the Elite, on being the elite. Um, even going back to before the Hardys uh, side with WWE, they had a, a really good match against the Young Bucks. Uh, there is some history there, so I get it. Mm-hmm. Any more questions? There's some. Patrick Sparks, after seeing the Lance Archer video, who will he feud with after he kills a bunch of enhancement talent? <laughs> uh, I, my guess would be his first match would be against Dustin. 
Yeah. Dustin is the guy that people go through to get to Cody. Yeah. Uh, Enforcer Stevie Bradley, thanks for the bits. Oh, thanks, Stevie Bradley. Oh, yeah, I got to see if anybody highlighted a chat. I already did it. I already read those. Okay, cool. All right. Okay, well, I think that's it then. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We appreciate it. For patrons and uh, YouTube channel members, we're going to have a brand new episode of Friendo Unified Championship Wrestling going up today. Yep. So that's yep. a lot of Very fun. Very soon. And uh, we'll be back later on in the day with a news brief. Correct. All right. Where are you going to be from the news brief? In news brief? Uh, I don't know. I'll see what's in the news and see if there's a, a way and get there quickly. Okay. Sounds good. I'm going to be at home. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We appreciate it. Till next time, we'll talk to you later. Goodbye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today.